Well, hello everyone. This is Johnny, and we're here today with Elizabeth and Grace. We even have Glory with us today, and Chris as well. And so, we are excited excited about sharing with you this new time. We are um, we're going to be starting with communion right up front. We're going to be doing it a little different. Number one, I suppose we are accommodating a little more the West Coasters. Um, it was making them get up a little bit early. And um, so this new time should uh, accommodate everyone. Of course, we had created a, a pretty good uh, 10 a.m. niche uh, for us here, but this is another good one. And again, if it's different people, that's, that's fine. And um, part of the way we're doing a little bit different is we're just going to, uh, you know, see open ourselves to hear from the Lord just anything specific he might be uh, saying at this time and uh, not so much tied into it being a prayer time but we will pray and um, and so uh, this is going to be good as well so go ahead if you have your we know that some of you like to take care of doing the communion together and and then if you have to leave that's fine it's of course up to you and um, yeah we're Passing it around here. And I'm just going to pray um, before before we do this. We have the bread or crackers, the element that represents the body of Jesus that was broken for us. He gave everything. He came down to where we were. He didn't hang up in heaven a couple of miles up and say, come up here. He came down to where we were. And he endured, uh, he endured so much, and all the way down to death on the cross, a brutal death, and his body was beaten, all because of his love for us. And it was the love of the Father to allow his son even to experience this, just so that we would be able to have a future relationship with him, as well as have another level of access to who he is here on earth. And then the grape juice or wine or whatever it is that you have there that is also to remind us of the blood of Jesus and that goes into the same uh, aspect as his body the ultimate giving of everything pouring out his blood for us and through his death we ourselves also find resurrection life so we're going to take this and I'll just pray Lord we just thank you Again, for this opportunity to remember you, Lord, as we take of communion during this time of challenge in our nation and the nations of the world, it is our joy and privilege and pleasure to look to you. You are uh, the author and finisher of our, of our faith, but you're the author and finisher of everything that we have. You are the fountain of life, and you gave everything for us, and we thank you for now uh, allowing us during a time of testing, to be reminded of your all-sufficiency, how you're there to heal our bodies. Just ask for there to be a release, even as we take these elements in just a moment, a release of healing to everyone who's listening. Whatever the need is, uh, let there be healing. Uh, Grace had a word from the other day that God would be healing bodies, that you would be healing bodies of all kinds of other illnesses during these times. And so we just thank you for for that and that that will be available to us at this time and not just available but that there will there will be uh, a, a next level 
uh, of power and presence as we do this together. And we thank you for uh, being our redeemer for every area of life, every situation where we need redemption. So now we take of the bread. Now, the cup, which represents your blood, we also take. Let your presence and power flow through us. Let it flow through this time together to everyone who's listening to this, Lord. Yes. <clears throat> May they experience you. As we remember you, as members come together across this nation, across the world, it is another way that you are remembered. And uh, we just thank you for the strength that you release through your body, to your body for such a time as this. Yes. And we thank you. You're the God, not just of ideas, but the God of presence. And we receive your presence now. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Healing in your presence. Hope in your presence. Faith in your presence. Love in your presence. Thank you, Lord. In your presence is fullness of joy. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. All right. Well, no, you go ahead, Chris. Are you sure? No, I was just going to. Invite y'all to interact as the okay. Lord had speaking anything to you. Hey guys, this is Chris. So, um, you know, I know that you know we we open this time up really just to kind of communicate some things that are on our hearts, and I think different people will flow with stuff. But this morning, um, it was brought to my attention by there's a group actually in Israel. This is really cool, but they watch for the new moons. And so they report on the new moon every month of when the moon has been sighted in Israel. And there's a lot of significance in this prophetically. Um, this new moon starts the new year in the Hebraic calendar. It's the month of Nisan, mm. um, which is the head of the, or it's the start of the new year, um, which is significant. But it also is the 10 days that lead us into Passover. Mm. And so when you would do this, when this new moon was spotted, they would actually bring the lamb into their house, which I think is really significant um, for the time that we're in right now. So they would actually bring the lamb that they were going to slaughter into their home. And over those 10 days in the home with the family, which is interesting just being in quarantine and most of us being with families or being in touch with more of our families, inviting the lamb in, they would get to know it. They would actually go through the process that they go through with the lamb before it was actually slaughtered um, for Passover. And so... Um, I think just prophetically um, sensing and speaking that there is something really important to, to Nissan and to the new moon being spotted last night and us putting it on, us on this, this calendar and this understanding for um, what being in the home and what inviting really just more of that communion with the lamb over the next 10 days. Um, so good. So that, that's kind of what I had to share. So was so last good. night the first night of the of The first night yeah. was the, the, the moon was spotted. So when the, the, the moon is spotted, that's when the calendar starts. Wow. And so it starts the 10-day countdown. I love that. Yeah. I was um, reading in Mark about just the life of Jesus and all the way up until when he, as our lamb, um, 
was, you know, handed himself over to be crucified and he's on the cross. And the very last thing that he um, said before he willingly gave up his life and submitted his spirit to God, the last thing that he said was, um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I just heard it a different way this time when I read it. I heard it as like, you know, of course, Jesus was there taking on every sin that had ever been committed and would ever be committed. And every possible distance between the sons and daughters of God and the Father um, was atoned for as he hung there on the cross and gave up his spirit and when he shouted, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I heard it like, like it was the cry, the cry of all cries from the earth. That he represented every deep, truthful, honest, raw cry of every heart that has ever lived and will ever live. Is that moment of like, there's something in us that instinctively knows that we were meant to not be separated from our Father. And when we are, it feels as if we've been forsaken, that we've been abandoned. Like, where in the heck are you, God? And of course, with what's going on in the nations right now, um, that's just so not even clear. We know there's a virus. We don't know how bad it actually is compared to other things that we've experienced or even are experiencing. We know that it's had a ripple effect on our economy. We know that, you know, everybody is experiencing this in different ways and it potentially triggers in each of our hearts that deeper cry, you know, from maybe moments that were worse than this for us. Like, does he really have me? Like, do I... Can I really count on him right now? What if he lets me down the way, you know, it felt like he let me down when I was a kid or different moments in my life? What if this is here we go again? Or, you know, if you're one of those rare people that hasn't experienced something yet that's triggered you all the way to that core place, maybe you're experiencing that for the first time. But I just, I loved it that that, the cry of Jesus's heart when he hung on the cross covered that. He covered that place. He didn't just cover, you know, sinful choices that we would make. He covered that that cry of doubt. Where are you, God? Where are you in this? Are you really for me? And where's the proof? How are you showing up on my behalf? And Jesus allowed himself you know, to be fully man, especially there on the cross, to fully feel what it feels like to be us in that place of being tempted to believe that he has literally turned his back on us and forsaken us. And Jesus conquered even that because his last breath, it says that he, he gave up his spirit to the very one that he was feeling forsaken by in that moment. He gave that act of ultimate trust. He gave his spirit back into the hands of the father that he felt forsaken by. And so there's just this giant act right now of the body of Christ even 
in the earth right now. We are recommitting ourselves once again in the face of contradiction and mystery. Where are you? And I honestly, more than I'm afraid of the virus, I just have this ache in my heart. Like, why, why can't we speak and this thing just disappear? Why can't we go empty out the hospitals right now? Like, like we can, but we can't. You know, it's not happening. And so there's this sense of where are you, God? We know, we know your real heart. We know your, your nature and your character. And there's this contradiction and there's this mystery that we're still living in as a generation. And so even in that place, an ultimate act of, of surrender, following the Lamb into that place of ultimate surrender. We trust you even in the face of what we cannot see or understand. And we live by faith, not by what's actually happening around us. We live in a, in a greater realm than what we can see right now. That's good. You know, um, something else, the Lord beginning in the night, he had me awake for a while and then following up with it uh, this morning is really putting on my heart China and just that you know appropriate enough we think through the grid of our own nations and we think through the United States and what's going on here and and even the confrontation going on behind the scenes with deep state stuff but the Lord I think began to connect me with his heart um, for China and then just had me look up he gave me some numbers and then had uh, of of who's doing what in China and I had to look it up and just to see if it made it made sense. And, um, you know, in it, it, I heard again and saw again that really beginning with the end of 2019 and um, fast forward into this year, there has been just a, um, a massive crackdown on Christianity, churches, over 7,000 crosses knocked over, um, ten, 10 commandments are being... Uh, painted over with words from uh, President Z. I don't know how you say his name exactly, but he's like G. G wanting the he's wanting the adoration worship to come to himself, and he's like he he has decided he's going to suffocate religion in China. And of course, the reason he's made that choice is because they're feeling um, as never before. They're feeling the intimidation of the rising mm. uh, uh, Christian populace there, that all religious expressions are, are way high, but particularly the, uh, the Christian one. And, you know, I think just in February last month, they had like 41 new rules and, and regulations wow. that, that so oppressed the church. Number one, like you can't, I think this is nationwide, you can't go into a church if you're under 18. You can't even be... Uh, you're not eligible to be one of them unless you're that. And then there's all kinds of other limitations. And mm. so there's a real pressure being put on them. And the Lord was just letting me in on the cry for freedom, much like the children of Israel were having uh, the bondage of Egypt, that there is a cry that's come, come from the Chinese people to him. And it's mm. really intensified this year. And that that is something very actively playing right now is something he's he's looking at and uh you know if you look up officials numbers are all over the place they'll say anywhere between 90 and 130 million um that's kind of communist party themselves admitting there's this many uh christians there but again they won't even count 
They won't count underground churches. They won't count children. And I did my own research, and it confirmed essentially what the Lord was telling me. He's telling me there's in the vicinity of 250 million uh, Christians there, and I found good, um, uh, you know, proof I found good that. proof of that mm -hmm. that there's really 250 million, which would really mean China has more followers of Jesus Christ than we do in the United States, that they're number one in the world, followers of Jesus Christ. In that, just like we have extremes and, and weird uh, followers of Jesus Christ that embrace different things and some of the, uh, the wrong doctrines they have there are, are, we'll say, our fault from the United States. We've passed on things that aren't, uh, that aren't the best. But on the other hand, they have some of the most on-fire believers and Christians on the planet. They've been forged uh, in the fire, especially recently. And so there's been an intensification of their cry out and their prayers um, to the Lord. And we really, as you know, as we have some, whatever, resentment at, 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 at China, uh, the China, you know, the virus coming from Wuhan, this is not the people, no. you know, it's, yeah. as a, it's a, a this, as some are calling it, the CCP virus, a, a communist uh, party, Chinese communist party virus. And this is more, this is not uh, the people of China. And, and really, you know, there's a one and a half uh, billion people. And really, there's more than that. If you count the ones that aren't, um, that aren't registered, I was, when I was in China, I was told there's really a good chance of being another, you know, 300 million of those that aren't registered because they're in violation of the family standard there of only, you know, the limited uh, children per family. And, um, and the Lord began to speak to me that there's a ring right around the president in the communist China, the Chinese Communist Party that are believers, and they're really close to the top. Mm. And and um, I don't know when this transition is gonna going to take place, but there is something because uh, see the president has lifted himself up against God Himself in the last six months, and declared you know essentially religion is dead and he's the new religion, and they now have to. In order to exist as churches and pastors, they have to be repeating, uh, you know, his mantras and other things like that. And he's he's done like he's poked. I see the picture. He's poked God in the eye, and there's a consequence to that. And you know, if you look it up, the um, the Communist Party has about 90 million people that are part of the actual party. The Lord was showing me that uh, it can sound like a lot that there was 10 million true believers in the Communist Party. Hmm. And you go, wow, that's that's a lot. But there's like that means 80 million are not even true believers in it. Like, the majority of even the Communist Party do not believe in what they're doing. They know what's wrong. And it's I, I remember when I was ministering a few years ago in China, it was a, a, a saying that I heard several times while there, that if all the Christians who are in the Communist Party left the Communist Party, there would be no more Communist Party. You go, well, how can they be a part of that? Well, you do it for you know, reasons of pressure that they have that are unlike what we have here. And there's some that think, you know, in the right time, I will, I will exert another influence there. And you could face death uh, if not. But I felt like the Lord showed me that there are presently uh, upwards of 30 million believers in the Chinese Communist Party. And, and they are positioned for such a time uh, as this. And these are those that do not, again, they are not communists by heart. They are just, what's happened is they have been advancing 
uh, in favor because they're carrying the Lord. And in that, they have, they, ha they have graduated to positions of influence. And it's just, it's just where it's taken them. And, and I, I believe we're going to see, uh, you know, China has just had its 70th year. They're celebrating this year their 70th year of the Communist Party being in power. And I do not believe they have very many years. I don't, for sure, I don't believe they're going to celebrate their 75th year. And, and there's something even before then. One of the things God is doing now, he's watching over the one and a half billion Chinese people. He's seeing the situation. He's hearing the prayers of his people there. And while we're engrossed in our own situation, how it affects us, the virus and all that, they, they are walking through their own fire and refinement. But they are having, I think we'll hear about amazing testimonies. We already hear that as well, healing testimonies and things like that. But let's just be aware that they are our brothers and sisters and um, that we have, I mean, the whole world, there's no reason to make any enemy with anybody. He, is, he loves everyone. And, um, but there's something about uh, what he's doing and presently watching over in China that's a big deal. And part of the big transition uh, of this year. So I just wanted to get that out there as well. Um, well, want to pray into that? Or you have yeah. something to add, Chris? No, I think that's good. I think that, to me, the exciting thing about the end of Passover, the start of it, is, is the idea of deliverance. Yeah. You know? And so mm -hmm. spiritual, physical. It's a day of health, deliverance. It's, it's all about deliverance. You know, that's what comes at the end of, of all of this. And so... That, that's just a really... No, um, no, I agree. I agree with that so much. I, yeah. I think that's what's happening here, Chris. Yeah, and I think over the next few days, anything more that you have to teach us about Passover as being one who's lived in Israel during that time, that would be amazing to learn more. Um, I'll just pray into what you just yeah. said, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, the only thing I heard just briefly in the night last night, because you hadn't shared that with me yet, I just heard... Um, tried by fire and yes. that totally makes sense with what you're saying yeah. tried by fire it's um it's to produce silver and gold yeah. you know there's a there's something that comes out of the fire that that lives on eternally and whatever god's producing in us individually and collectively and 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 as the body of christ in in each region and nation is it's it's of eternal value and eternal worth. Yeah. He's doing some really big picture things right now, like what you just spoke into. Yeah. So God, we agree together over um, your beautiful bride in China. Yes, and we bless our brothers and sisters there who are um, going through things that we cannot even begin to relate to. And we thank you that you are there in their midst. You are with them. You are for them. You are providing for them. And they are um, going to come out as silver and gold that's been refined and precious to you. And um, we thank you for those that are in leadership positions. We bless um, those who are in leadership that are there because um, they have asked you for influence and they've been brave enough to step forward and do things that... Um, that put them their own lives at jeopardy, but but they're there nonetheless. We ask that you would just infuse them with courage right now to yes. follow you and to partner with you and whatever that looks like for them and for that nation. We pray for the leaders, um, the president there. We pray for those that are that are in a position that need their hearts softened 
to um, to good, to to your kingdom way of doing yeah. things, to the true heart of a of a leader, a servant heart. And we ask that you would um, speak truth in all the ways that you speak truth into a man's heart, and and that you would shift and change his heart, God. Yes, Lord. I thank you for the friendship that um, Trump says that he has with with the president of China, and um, we ask that that would be true, that that would grow, that the influence that should be there would be there, um, that he would be peer pressure for the right direction, God. I ask that China would, um, the leadership there would even be able to humble themselves and take ownership of whatever part they played in this um, going the direction that it that it did. And I ask God that we would be a country um, that would lead the way in mercy. Yeah and um, forgiveness. And God, even as we're taking communion these days together, I ask that you would just continue to to stir in each one of our hearts the, the desire to live um, humbly before you, to, to ask for um, forgiveness, to forgive others, and to live in that place of just daily repentance and daily humility to, to grow and change and reflect you. Thank we you. pray, God, for anyone that's listening that just is especially discouraged today or confused or, or in fear. And we, we um, declare over your, your mind that you are stable, that you, are, um, you have access to everything that you need in him, that you are not a victim, but that you, uh, your victory is already sure. And we just shore you up in the spirit right now. And we um, send angels to minister to your heart, to your mind, to your physical body. God, we pray for those that um, have had a diagnosis of the coronavirus and who some may be even fighting for their lives right now um, or those that know of of them. We, We release your healing power. We send out angels to every hospital, every doctor's office, every emergency room, every ambulance, every home where someone is sick with this coronavirus. And in unity of faith, we speak to that virus to die and not multiply. And for immune systems to build up and do what you created to do and knock this out. We, we say no to death and we say yes to life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, Johnny, maybe you might want to address this tomorrow since we've gone a little longer today. But um, a question that I thought of that would be interesting to hear your point of. You spoke about the Chinese church as being, um, you know, persecuted. Some people feel like the fact that our government has asked us not to, you know, basically meet in our churches with any group larger than 10 people or unless we're able to keep six feet apart. Yeah. Do you feel like the church is being persecuted right now in America in that way? No. Um, it's obviously it's a, it's a, you know, cautionary restriction. They're doing it for every other area. And so it's not like it would be one thing if they say business can go on as normal, but churches, you may not, it's not, it's just asking the churches to do what everybody else is doing what everybody else in business is, and it's some level of social distancing. And there are a couple of stories as well as a large percentage or a large group from a church that has gathered together getting um, uh, sick 
And, you know, we want to be operating, as you said earlier, Elizabeth, in so much faith that we can. Uh, it would be great if, if we could come walking in into hospitals and into, uh, you know, wherever, someone's home, um, and, and bring the healing power of God, uh, laying hands on them. It's, it's logistically not really a possibility, but let's not be limited in how we, uh, we decide we can bring healing. You know, there's nothing to stop. They didn't have phones in those days. There's phone calls can still reach into somebody. There's no reason that a spoken word, he, that's what he did in, in Jesus himself. You know, he spoke the word and, and um, the centurion's daughter was healed. So a spoken word can, uh, can do that. And there is also, you know, there could be cutting of cloths or, or sending things out. There's all kinds of creative ways. If the point is a point of contact, some believe there has to be a point of contact in order for, uh, for there to be a faith trigger. It's not the only way, but it is something that doesn't. So there are all kinds of ways to, um, uh, to facilitate that. And so it's, it's not wrong to be bothered by the fact that uh, we should be providing healing, but we don't have to go against a very reasonable request from the government and something that's being done um, in every other area. And we don't want our faith to put other people under uh, under duress, you know, put other people at risk because of your faith. Like, you should be the only one at risk if you are stepping out in faith mm-hmm. and not putting the rest of your family or friends or whoever else you... In, interact with. And so I think that's just some, uh, it sounds like common sense, but I think it's wisdom um, a, as well. That's for good. This. Thanks for sharing that. All right. Anything else? No. Okay, everybody. Thank you guys. See you tomorrow. Same Love time. Y'all.